0: Hey Queeros, Cami here. Today's guest, Sarah, Kayla of the Sounds Fake But Okay podcast about asexual identity. Very frickin' cool to chat with the two of them. Also, I am jazzed because we keep getting Patreon subscribers. Y'all keep turning up to say that you want to spend like five bucks a month or a dollar a month or like 20 bucks a month to support this show, and that is awesome. If you would like to support Query and get a, some cool bonus, prizes is not the right word, perks, including a chat with uh, Sierra, Query producer Sierra and myself, every dang month, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash Uh, I'll see you there.
1: My dog back home wakes up at like two and four a.m. just ready to eat, and it's just and she's also very old, so her toenails are very long, like an old woman would have. And so she just like clomps around the house. Like my parents literally have blankets on their floor, just permanently. You have an
0: unusual vision of old women.
1: I feel like usually old people have like really long like don't when you get older don't your like fingernails get very like thick? I feel like I've I don't what, know. I, this is
0: what is that? I mean? have no inside medical knowledge
2: on this either way. I my know no older people. I don't. I have not. I don't know. I my only like, knowledge is that my grandmother does not have toenails. That's all I can provide all? for you. They fell no. off. They like had to get them removed for some reason. I don't oh, know. Oh, Each toenail? No. Her big toenails are gone. I think she has <gasps> some other smaller ones. I don't know what happened to her, but you know what? She's oh, still my. kicking. So, <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even know you could have that removed. Because like I didn't gross. either. But now her toes look really janky. Okay. So, my uncle. How much time are you spending <laughs> with your grandmother's toes? <laughs> I mean, not that much time, but they've been like this since I was like in middle school. So in middle, middle school, Sarah was like, let me peep those toes. Yeah, let me just, she just constantly wears sandals even in the middle of the winter in Michigan. So I don't know.
0: This is going, this is getting off to a great start. This is the type of vibe I'm looking for. Jordan, use all of this. The podcast has already started. This is the only um, thing I want the
1: episode to be about is old woman toenails. That's why we yep, came here perfect. today. I mean, my toenails are already
0: really destroyed because of for a lot of years of like being in athletic shoes. Mm-hmm. But I actually kind of like that they're destroyed. To be honest, it makes me feel like it's the aesthetic I done. You're hardcore a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, perfect. Um, well, I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you two
2: introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, my name is Sarah. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts of Sounds Fake But Okay, which is. Podcast where we talk about love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand, specifically from an aromantic, asexual, a spec perspective. And my oh, I don't know Kayla. what that word means. What's aspec? a spec? A spec just means like the whole spectrum of like uh, asexual, aspec. aromantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we Got use that term a lot just because it's like very overarching, and you don't have to like say all of the specific terms. Well, thank you for
1: uh, telling me that. Nice and short. Yeah, we're lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Kayla, who are you? Uh, I'm Kayla. I'm the second co-host of Sounds Fake But Okay. Um, And I identify as demisexual, heteroromantic, and cisgender. I use she, her pronouns. I guess I'll just do it all. I'll say it all. Oh, yeah. I
2: I also use she, her pronouns. Just here to throw those in. (laughs) And I was... So, I have... To my own
0: humiliation, I have not had... An asexual guest on the podcast until very recently, uh, literally yesterday, interviewed (laughs) Angela Chen. Oh, we love Um, Angela. We love it. And then I'm interviewing y'all. These will not come out. They will not. Yesterday is the podcasting time averse. (laughs) This will not necessarily be how people listen to this in their their phones. Um, But this is this is something I guess I want to start by asking because Angela brought this up and I thought it was like such a good point. So do you two personally consider yourselves like members of the queer slash LGBTQIA community? And I asked this just because Kayla, you know, you were um, saying like cis and heteroromantic like, so I don't know if as a sort of generally large writ large alphabet city, whether or not we talk about whether or not asexual folks consider themselves part of the community. So what about you two?
2: Yeah, I mean, I consider myself a part of the community. I am of, as a person who's aromantic and asexual, I am of the opinion that anyone who is a spec um, should be able to be a part of the queer community if they want to. Some people don't feel that they want to. But I mean, for me, my view is, you know, We don't experience attraction in the quote-unquote normal way that, you know, cishet-like people (laughs) necessarily experience it. And so because we are, you know, not in this uh, particular, we don't experience sexual and romantic attraction necessarily in the same way that heterosexual people do. Like, I consider it obvious that, of course, we deserve a place in this community. And and for that reason, I consider myself queer.
1: What about you, Kayla? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason a lot of people struggle with it is just that, especially online, a lot of queer people are just like, no, you can't sit with us. Um, And so then a lot of... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, it's mostly online, I think, that it happens. And so maybe you can chalk it up to people being very bold since they're anonymous and kind of just being trolls. But yeah, there's an unfortunate amount of just kind of talk online from queer people being like, okay, I think that your identity is valid. I think it's real, but like you haven't faced enough oppression to be in our group. Um, so you can go have your own group somewhere else, which is like, first of all, it shouldn't be based on oppression. Second of all, I could go into the oppression that ace and aro people face, but we don't need to get into that for me to be allowed. So I think that's the reason a lot of people struggle. Like when Sarah says that some people don't want to be in the queer community that's why, because they're kind of like, well, you're being rude to me. So why would I want to be in your group? Um, for me personally, it's something that I've struggled with because like I said, I'm hetero romantic. So like half of my identity is straight. Like the way on the podcast, I say it, the way I identify is I'm like Demi straight, I'm demisexual and I'm straight. Um, and so, you know, at times, I will feel like I don't even fully belong in the asexual community because I'm like kind of halfway in. Yeah. Talk to me about demisexual. Yeah, so sorry to interrupt you, but let's like clear that up really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget that uh, most people don't know what that means. Um, We're so used to being on our own podcast. I'm just in my (laughs) own bubble. So yeah, demisexuals kind of under the larger asexual umbrella or, like, part of that spectrum. Um, So as a demisexual person, I don't experience sexual attraction until I'm romantically or emotionally, like, bonded with someone. So it's not that I just choose not to have sex with someone until I'm, like, there with them. It's not like I'm choosing to, like, save myself for marriage or, like, choosing anything. It's that, like, literally until a certain point in that relationship, I am not interested in you sexually, Um, and so for some people, it could take literally years. Like, they need to be friends with someone for years. For me, it usually doesn't take that long. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of... So you don't rewind
0: and rewatch the sex scenes in (laughs) movies again and again because of a very special feeling. But you (laughs) do have a very special feeling down the line in a relationship with somebody that you're committed to and having a bond with.
1: yeah. Yeah, so of course, like, I could choose to have sex earlier. For me, that gives me a lot of anxiety. It's also, like, tied to my anxiety disorder. So for me, it's kind of like a weird, deeper thing. And for everyone, it's different. Um, but yeah, so because... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just want to ask
0: Sarah mm-hmm. real quick, like, mm-hmm. how your experience differs from what Kayla's talking about.
2: Yeah, so for me, I just don't experience romantic or sexual attraction at all. Um, you know, there are plenty of people who identify as Arrow or Ace who may still choose to, like, have sex or choose to do that because it feels nice or, like, you know, for whatever reason. For me, I have just no interest. Like, I just, I just don't care. <laughs> um And also, and you said, and also
0: in, in, um, romantic partners as well.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I don't have any interest in really any of that. I never really have, um, for for a lot of my life i just assumed i was straight just because you know that's that's the norm and that's what's kind of pushed on to you and i thought i was like oh i'm a late bloomer like i'll i'll feel that stuff later and then i just never did <laughs> um and so for me i just i don't have any interest in pursuing that at all you know and a lot of people look at that and they're like oh like that's too bad like you you must not have fulfilling relationships and it's like Romantic and sexual relationships aren't the only relationships that can be fulfilling? Me and, and Sarah that can be... are
1: very in love platonically, yeah. personally. <laughs> Kay-
2: Kayla Kayl- and I are very I also- platonically in love.
0: <laughs> can I ask you too, how do you mind my asking how old you both are?
1: Oh yeah, we're babies. We're 20. We're babies. We're both twenty-three. You're
0: both twenty-three. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Um,
0: how awesome that you <laughs> And do, where do you live? Where do you each live? If you do, you could even speak in generalities.
2: Yeah, no, I live in Los Angeles. Right now, I'm back home with my family in Michigan, but I normally live in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, um, I'm Kayla, also from go? Michigan, and I recently moved down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with my partner because he started working down here. So I'm new and to the South. <laughs> y'all met. Um, we met at because. school, so we're both from oh, wow. Michigan, and we went to the University of Michigan, and we were randomly placed as roommates in our freshman year dorm. They just like Shut randomly put yeah, and then the we fell up. in love. Like that's why we say like <laughs> our love story is very good. Like we could be a rom com. Like we met by chance and started a podcast. Like things got very, weird very quickly, very in our and friendship. also yeah.
0: being college roommates is very recent for you all
2: because yeah. your is yeah. like. Yeah, from five minutes ago. Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're basically so, children. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're yeah. five, eh, eh, full adults, I would say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not, not in my soul. I don't
0: feel like an adult at all. Well, part of why I'm asking that is because I wonder, you know, like specifically as with what Sarah is talking about, um, there, there's like two maybe sort of things I'm curious about here. So like, you know, some of there's like the Sarah side of things, which is... If you're 23, maybe you're constantly getting the barrage of like, "Where's the partner? Where's the partner? When is the thing?" You know, like that would seem like that might even continue to like cook a little more as you, yeah, be- you know, become older. Because I think that we we have so many assumptions about what people are going to do with their lives, and then I mm-hmm. think the Kayla side of things um, would have with it the assumption that like this isn't an identity that you carry because you're in a relationship. So like each, each of you is sort of dealing with um, a set of assumptions. One that like, you know, 23, Oh, this is like just the age where you should be dating around, you know, like, and so I'm curious as to whether those, like those things are like vaguely broad strokes ideas that you are both experiencing.
1: Yeah. I think we kind of deal with similar, but different issues in that way. Like, For me, dating in college was a bit of an experience and is actually what kind of led me to finally be like, okay, I'm definitely demisexual after questioning for a while is because in college, you're so surrounded by hookup culture and everyone's experimenting. Like, that's kind of what they show in movies, right? Is just being at a frat party and like making out with everyone. Um, And to me, that made me very anxious. That was Mm -hmm. not what I wanted. That made me uncomfortable. And so that was a struggle. And... Um, I think you're right about kind of, kind of, I guess, like the relevance of my identity too, being in a long-term relationship. Like that is why at very first in like our sophomore year of college, I kind of started to question whether I was demisexual, but I was in a long-term relationship at the time. And I was like, oh, well, it doesn't, like, it's not relevant. I'm already having sex with this guy. Like I already got to the emotional bond part. Like, I don't need to figure that out. And it was only until after we broke up that I was like, okay, fuck. Like, I should probably give this some thought. And then I took another year to, like, think about it. Um, But, yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's unique issues that come with demisexuality for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And- Sarah, oh go
2: ahead. I was gonna say I I think for me specifically, you know, I am both arrow and ace, but I feel like my aromantic identity has more of an impact on my life because Mm -hmm. you know, people don't people don't know if you're having sex with your partner. Like people people unless you like advertise it and you could be lying, you know, but like people will know if you're not, you know, in romantic relationships, if you're not pursuing that kind of thing. And I'm very lucky in that my family is profoundly queer. Um, I, my sister's gay. I have a ton of queer cousins. My godfather's a gay man. So, like, I luckily have a very wonderful and accepting family who, like, they didn't understand asexuality, but once I, you know, explained it to them, they were like, okay, cool, that's great. Um, so luckily, I don't really get that from family, but you still get that from other people. The assumption of like, oh, so like, you know, do you have a boyfriend? Like, are you like, are you dating or like even the people that are like, oh, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Like, that's fine, too. And it's like, well, I have neither. <laughs> so, yeah, you
0: know. I I totally hear you. I mean, again, it sounds like, you know, just different um, different things to to deal with. Like, I, like, I almost am thinking in my head about like a, a couple that passes like that is like a that is identified by culture as like a straight couple and one or both members are trans. And so there's like that sort of, um, tension around like who to come out to and when, you know, like Mm -hmm. how do I do this and how do I navigate it versus like, you know, the queer person who is, is in, a uh, relationship that people around them would place as a queer relationship. And so these things just have, they just have, like, different things to navigate. Like, the one of them sort of has an almost implied constant coming out um, mm. by the nature of it, of its existence. Like, I am a woman and this is my wife, you know, versus the other one mm. has a constant coming out um, by, like, the decision to make oneself visible and there's there's yeah. a difference there they're both queer experiences you know they're both yeah. things that i think a lot of people in our community can relate to
2: it's it's not true for all aspect people but kayla and i are both very like straight passing kayla and you know because she <laughs> is <'cause laughs> to a certain degree straight i'm like half um, straight yeah <laughs> um and whereas for me it's like people there's the assumption that any person is straight until proven otherwise, and as an aroace person who has no interest in dating or sex, like it's hard to prove otherwise because there's there's no. So concrete you can show evidence. someone your
1: girlfriend or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. You and could so, show them, like, me, I, but I, I, could, I could be like, look, count.
1: this is the person I've. This is a woman
2: I like. <laughs> um, but like, I, you know, if if I, I have to like actively come out to people to explain you know, the situation. Um, and you know, people often will just, you know, they have no reason to not believe that I'm straight. Although I have been told I dress very gay. So some people have assumed I was gay, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I, I always have to explain myself, uh, if I want people to understand my experience and how, you know, how I live in the world yeah, it sounds exhausting.
0: I will also <laughs> say that, um, you know, again, and the reason I'm pointing this out is because, like it kind of goes back to that first question that I was asking. and i and I know that, um Kayla, you said, like it's not about oppression. but in some ways, it is about oppression. it it the the queer experience, I think, writ large, is about the exhaustion and the like, daily oppression of living a life that is atypical. I also think it's about these, like, sort of shared experiences of, you know, the concept of coming out and the concept of coming, like, self-realization above all else. And I guess that there are, like, you know, straight people that experience these things, too, where they get to know themselves. Um, But I just think that our, our, like, shared experience of you know i ha- especially because so often for queer folks it's one of the only identities where almost everybody grew up in a family that didn't 100% reflect like mm-hmm. this identity that they that, that we have you know like it's it's um racial oppression while it is like so extreme and so systemic it's also something that often not always um, is understood within a whole family structure. And so for us, it's that idea of, you know, even if it is the family that you're talking about, Sarah, um, it's still, we're still different and we have to know that, come to terms with that, explain it to people and explain it to people who raised us, you know, and that stuff all feels so I think it's really impossible to describe that to, um, people who haven't had that experience. I, we, try. Again and again we try to, but I think it's really a lived thing.
2: And I th- I think with asexuality or the a spectrum it, more generally, it's it has its own specific set of issues. Because if you're trying to explain to someone that you're gay, you can kind of be like, Oh, well, I experience it the same way as you. I just feel attraction toward people of the same gender. You know, it's it's they have a comparison to to kind of point to. Whereas with a spec identities, you're kind of turning people's whole world on its head and you're basically saying it's possible to not experience this at all and you know still lead a fulfilling life and still have a the full you know experience and a lot of people because sex and romance are so socially prevalent and pushed onto us from such a young age like people just don't understand that and so it's like a whole you have to basically retrain the brains of anyone who you who you come out to, really. And so we often joke, like, you know, coming out as an A-spec person, you have to always give a TED Talk because, you know,
1: <laughs> people people aren't familiar with it. They don't well, they understand. They don't even know what the word is. Like, you have to yeah. start from the basics a lot of the times, which isn't necessarily their fault. Like, we can make it, you know, big media's fault for not putting more representation in, you know, our mainstream media. But, yeah, there is it's exhausting. I think like you talked about, I do think that exhaustion is kind of a level of oppression that I don't think I've even thought about it that way. And I think a lot of queer people that are rude online don't think of that that way either. I think we kind of think of like the big oppressions like marriage inequality or like conversion therapy and those really big things when you forget that people who don't necessarily have that level of issue are still going through like you talked about the exhaustion or feeling different, you know, just kind of the mental toll it takes on you to realize that you don't fulfill the norm or like, you know, this childhood dream of growing up and getting married. Like you have to kind of rethink what your entire life is. That's hard.
2: And I think something that I've, I've said a lot and I continue to say because I think it's important is that, you know, it's, Honestly, as an ASPEC person, it's easier for me when straight people, like, look at me and say, like, oh, that's just not real. Like, you're just making that up. That's just celibacy, blah, 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 blah. If they're just totally misinformed, like, I can handle that. It's a lot harder when you have a queer person looking at you saying, I think what you experience is valid, but I don't think you belong here. Like, you know, I I, I recognize Absolutely. the validity sure. of what you're feeling. And so it's like, you know, I... It's it's easier, honestly, to deal with a phobia from, you know, just people who, like, who are or often stupid. straight, who are often, yeah, <laughs> who are often also homophobic and transphobic and that sort of thing than it is from people within the community who are saying, mm, no. I mean, I'll tell you, though, like, I relate to that. I relate to
0: a lot of the stuff that, that y'all are talking about. Is it, does it present in in different ways? Absolutely. I do think that it is, you know, it's, it's, um... It's always harder for me to receive, like, really harsher aggressive feedback from a member of my own community versus, like, some idiot. I mean, do I, like, do I like to receive it from some idiot? No, but I assume I'm going to receive it from some idiot. And at least you can say
1: that there's some idiot rather than, you know, another respected (laughs) person within your community who, like, you thought you could trust or something, you know?
0: Yeah, and I also say aggressive feedback because, like— can we have this conversation can we have conversations like sure but you know we all know on on this call and i'm sure anybody that's listening that has had an experience of the internet knows what i'm talking about like we're you know we can be very aggressive with each other and um and it is tough it's tough for me when it's when it's somebody that i i it i think it makes me feel invisible it makes me feel like come on, come on guys. Can't you see how hard I'm trying? Sure. I'm missing the mark. I'm a human, you know? Um, sure. You don't get me. We're different people, you know, like sure. Sometimes, um, you know, maybe your experience is different than mine, but it just is that, like that, that aggressive, that aggression that feels, that feels tough. And, um, I will also add, you know, to, to, to Sarah, what you're saying earlier, um, when you were talking about trying to describe to somebody like a, future um for yourself or or present for yourself that people don't have any context for i think that also i mean that was my experience as when i was coming out you know i'm 39 so i'm like a few years older than you guys just Just a couple couple. (laughs) um and you know when i was coming out like my family didn't know what the fuck i was talking about Mm -hmm. they had never met an out queer person people thought this was a choice in my community people thought this was either fake or a choice that people were making like deliberately to sin which is so odd
1: (laughs) why would you want (laughs) to sin i I would love
0: to
2: go to hell yes i don't
1: know i mean you know like i mean yeah first of all i feel like all of the fun people are in hell
2: yeah (laughs) it's fine
0: Again, also sounds exhausting um, to just (laughs) deliberately choose to sin over and over again. But but um, you know, I remember one of the biggest, like, what was the hardest for my parents was that they were like, "But you won't have friends. But you won't have a job. How will you have a job? But you won't have. Where will you live? What kind of community would you (laughs) possibly live? It's like it's like stuff that they didn't understand. It was um, it was like fundamental life stuff that also was like. That also is actually fine. Um, but I I really do have a lot of compassion for what you're talking about, Sarah. Because I really did experience that myself. Mm-hmm. People saying, like, I can't even imagine what this would be like. Yeah. What's the future for you? You know? And um, I know that in the last 15, 16, however, what, 16 years since I was your age, um, things have changed a lot in my family structure. My family is mm-hmm. like... No longer um, wondering where I will live because they've been to my house, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but also in culture, things have changed a lot. Um, yeah, but I do think like for to create space in our community, literally anybody that's listening that has had any of these experiences should know what the fuck you're talking about because this is actually something many of us do know.
2: Exactly, and I think the the aspect community just. I mean, obviously, I expect people have existed since the beginning of time. You know, you look back to Stonewall, asexuality is mentioned in, in documents from then. Like, it's not like this is a new thing, but uh, the community itself is pretty young just because they so few people identify as asexual they say it's like between one and five percent of the population which like i mean that's still like seven million people but that's you know comparatively smaller and so the the community is very online that's how people found each other and it really didn't begin to take shape until around like 2000 uh when avon the asexuality visibility and education network uh kind of came to fruition and so The community is just in its younger stages, and so like these things that um, other queer people of other queer identities, you know, went through in previous years, whether that was back in the '60s, whether it was in the '90s, you know, were there now, and so like would appreciate just some empathy from the other, from the other queer people, absolutely. Well, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, my experience was in the '2000s. This shit is still happening, so Yeah. yeah, absolutely, we should be able to. Lead with empathy. I think that's. Yeah. I think you're so right.
1: I almost wonder if it's kind of um like younger queer people. I mean, it's. I don't know. I feel like Twitter users tend to be a bit younger, and that's where a lot of the hate comes from. Younger than 39. What age is younger yeah.
0: than 39?
1: None. It's actually zero. That's the
2: youngest age.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep going. I've
2: um, never met someone who was younger than no. 39. I don't know. I know that's
1: what I. It's you two, or 39? No, we are. Yeah. We lied. We're also 39. <laughs> keep, keep going, Kayla. <laughs> um. But I always wonder if it's, like, younger people who maybe are from, like, more liberal areas that are missing that kind of fundamental understanding or that empathy because maybe they're, like, from San Francisco and they came out as gay and so did their, like, 20 friends. And so they don't realize how hard it is for some people to come out. And it's like, but listen, like, your ancestors had to, like, your queer ancestors who gave you this community also went through that, like, understand where you came from and like the privilege you have as a modern queer person not that everyone has that of course but if you do well
0: I also wonder if some of what you're talking about is it like the intersection of like isn't so so then there's always like shit posting then there's always people that are deliberately trying to um screw with people I don't know I don't understand I will say I see this I don't totally understand the, like, personality type or what's happening to... I mean, Kayla, you were talking about anxiety earlier. Well, also, just, like, if I'm accidentally, like, mean to the person that's checking me out at, like, the grocery store, like, I'm really focused on that for, like, a while. Oh, So um, it's not that I haven't ever been mean in my life, but it's usually, like, I'm accidentally a dick, and then I, um... Anyway, whatever. So the idea of... (laughs) The idea of deliberately being a dick is it's uh, – I feel separated from that, but I know that many people uh, find that to be appealing. And then so you take that and you you cross it with what Sarah's talking about, which is, like, this community that does need online space. It's sort of – you know, I think about this, like, like when Gamergate was happening and, like mm-hmm. – women who are gamers were being like hyper attacked but it's like yo this is where we live like you're coming to our house to fuck with us where we live and i would just imagine that that would be even more extreme in in like the ace and arrow community because they're you know y'all don't have like the bar or the gym that you know is like like specifically for you yeah
1: there's no like ace bar there was one there was one ace bar during pride like a year ago that was cool where where it was in london was so in yasmin london. benoit who's an amazing ace activist was working with um budweiser, budweiser question mark and they put together something called the ace of clubs which was like an ace bar That's well cool. so there was one to, yeah you know briefly <laughs> major <laughs> yeah. beer corporations really. <laughs> thank you corporate, for pride. corporate pride yeah <laughs>
0: You have- uh, this is just something that I should know, but I don't know. Are there like p- pieces of culture, books, movies, stuff like that that you can refer to that makes you feel seen? Because I remember you were saying earlier that like that there was a lack of representation. But are there things that you do like or watch or are a fan of that make you f- feel included?
2: Kind of. <laughs> a little. I mean, a little bit. Um, but, like what I mean- are those things? Yeah. So recently, uh, an author named Alice Oseman came out with a book called Loveless, which has an Arrow Ace main character. It's back there somewhere. Kayla's pointing to it's it. in on my bookshelf. bookshelf somewhere.
1: I don't know. Um,
2: <laughs> it is delightful. I cried through like half the book because I was like, mm-hmm. this is my experience. Like, this is this is crazy. Um, and I think for me, like there there when there is mainstream a spec representation, it's usually ace. So you have uh uh, Todd Chavez on Bojack Horseman. Um you have oh, right. there was there was an episode of sex education um where there was an ace character, but it's pretty much never arrow because people are like, oh well that makes for less interesting television. Like we can't put them in a romantic relationship. That's boring. Um and so there really isn't any arrow representation. So when I do see it, I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um and honestly one of the 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 better representations I've seen recently uh was a movie that was not even explicitly Arroways, which was greta gerwig's 2019 little women um where i know a lot of people viewed joe as like Gay in that, but to me, like her story could not have been more ace Like I was sitting in the movie theater, just like sobbing, and the lights came on at the end. And my friend was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "No, I'm fine. <laughs> I am perceived. <laughs> I feel perceived by this movie." So, like, honestly, like, and that's not even intentional representation, right? Like, it's just I saw myself in it. So, would would recommend uh, watching that with an ace lens. Joe's totally ArrowAce. She is. can't. You can't tell me otherwise. I haven't even seen that movie because oh, I you have to.
0: missed so my sisters so much last year when it came oh. out, and now I miss them even more. So that why am I going to do this to myself? But I might have to watch it. This is the best. This is the best reason I've been given to watch it. <laughs> is what you, you just to. said. I'm serious. You have to. Um, also, uh, I you know I think that that I think that that is also a really prototypical queer experience, and I'm I'm fucking sorry that it's like still in that zone. <laughs> But, like, I mean, I will say one of the first songs that really made me think about my, like, first girlfriend and was uh, Then I Kissed Her, which is by The Beach Boys, which is a man singing about kissing a woman. But I was just like, this it's is, me. I'm like, I'm the, the beach, I guess I'm the the beach boy, you know, like, and so anyway, <laughs> it just is, yeah, sometimes we're grasping, yeah, trying to find the representation. But I do think that, um... It's awesome to find those human stories that mm-hmm. might that might help be helpful
2: when there is a lack. Yeah, and previous to that I had I had understood on an objective level that representation is important. Like I was like of course it's important. Like, you know, of course we want more, but as also just I'm a white person, so I, you know, I see that experience of mine everywhere. And so it wasn't until I saw Little Women and I read Loveless that like I fully understood the impact of like proper representation because it had never happened to me before. (laughs) Like, and so the first time that I really felt like that, that's why I just kept crying through both of them was because I was like, oh my God, this is, this is me. This is my experience. And like, it wasn't until I had actually felt it that I understood on a deeper level why it's so important.
0: You know, and I think Kayla, you mentioned a little bit of this, but I mean, I'd love to hear more. And Sarah, I don't know that we that this has been mentioned yet, but when you were understanding, you know, who you are, had you been had you been attempting to date folks? Like, was there a odd stutter step, or was it just I'm not interested in this, and I don't yet know why, or was it knowing why? What what was the version of that in your life?
1: So for me, like I mentioned when I first started thinking about it which was after Sarah came out as Arrow Ace and we started like talking about asexuality and she kind of introduced me more wild to demisexuality and yeah <laughs> at the time still roommates and they were yeah. roommates yes yeah wow okay continue <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and so I kind of started thinking about it but like I said I was in a long-term relationship and in that relationship I will be Uh, very upfront with my sex life. We didn't have sex for the first six months of our relationship. Um, And he was an absolute gentleman and did not give a shit, which was great. Um, And so I didn't really have to think about it. I didn't have to think about why I didn't want to have sex. I also had a lot of health issues at the time, so I kind of put it on that too. So I was like, oh, I just can't have sex because I'm um, dying. Not really, but I was very ill. Um, (laughs) And so I didn't think about it. And then after we broke up, I started dating this it's like seeing, having a situationship, I don't know, with this guy. And it made me so anxious. I threw up all the time because that's what I do when I'm anxious. I like threw up in his bathroom. I threw up in his parents' bathroom. I threw up everywhere. Um, And because constantly in the back of my mind, it was the thought that he wants to have sex with me and I don't want to have sex with him and he's expecting it. And what am I going to do? And I, please
0: like be as vague as you would like to about this, but um, I am also curious about like what you mean by sex and that, and that can be, yes, so you can be super vague, but what I mean is like, is handholding sex is kissing sex? Because for some folks, especially in the queer community, you know, there's a wide, um, range. So are you talking about sort of like anything under the umbrella of physical affection or are you talking about a more siloed? experience of sex
1: yeah so when i talk about it i mean like oral or like penetrative i don't know sex got it you're talking about a more siloed version of sex you're not
0: talking about like all physical connection
1: yeah and that's different for different people like for me that's how my demisexuality is i will like happily make out with someone that i'm romantically interested in and whatever on my futon (laughs) that never happened that never (laughs) happened that never happened um no um but for other people like that kind of physical intimacy is like on another level um right but yeah so for me like i would make out with this kid and it would be fun and flirty but in the back of my mind i was like if he tries something i don't know what i will do because i hadn't Admitted to myself that fully that I was demisexual. I didn't want to have to tell him that. Like, if he was like time to have sex, I absolutely did not know what I would have done. And so, kind of going through that relationship type thing uh, made me realize, like, okay, I am demisexual. It's time to like officially use that label. And then I just like stopped seeing him altogether because I was like, this is simply too much. Um, but well, he didn't. He didn't.
2: He didn't want to like oh the, like he also didn't want
1: to be in a committed relationship he was like let's keep things casual and i was like yeah for sure i'm the most casual person alive um and then a week later i was like i've actually realized i'm the least casual person i've ever met you and i are both really casual that's something we have in common
0: <laughs> i'm so chill
1: yeah oh yeah everything. i am the most chill person anyone has I'm ever ne- met i've never met a chiller person than you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm so chill (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was kind of my realization is just kind of trying to stumble through the kind of normal college casual dating scene and realizing that I um, couldn't be like everyone else.
2: And then Kayla was texting me being like, I hate that I'm like this. Why can't I just be normal? And I was
1: like, excuse you. I'm going to yell at you now. Kindly, Sarah, gently. Yeah. Sarah, having <laughs> known that I was demisexual for about two years and letting me come to terms with it by myself, like a good friend would, was like, Kayla, shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> yeah, so geez. Sarah,
0: what was going on for you at this
2: time? Yeah, so for me, you
0: know, I... There you are, on your futon enjoying yourself. <laughs> there I am.
2: Just innocently, innocently sitting on my futon, not knowing... <laughs> Um, no, what I but I, yeah, I mean, so for me, I, I guess to start at the beginning in terms of my experience, um, I just never, when I was in like high school, I just didn't want to date. And like, I had a kid ask me out and I literally panicked and I didn't understand why at the time in hindsight, I know why I panicked. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I just I didn't have any interest in it. I, I, it seemed to me like I was like, oh, it'll happen eventually. And I was lucky in that a lot of my friends also weren't dating because I was, I was a very high achieving kid. I did a lot of gymnastics. I was very busy. <laughs> and so I was, you know, I was basically just like, I don't have time for this. A lot of my friends don't have time for it either. It's fine. Um, And then. You know, I was I was pretty confident in that like even even by the time like prom came around, like I went to prom by myself. I didn't care. Uh, a couple of my friends also did. And it was fine. Like it, it didn't bother me. Um And then by the time I got to college, I was like, hmm, seems weird that I'm still not interested. <laughs> seems um, weird that Kayla's making out on my futon and I simply don't oh care about God. anything. Damn futon. And um <laughs> And I had heard about asexuality before that. I'm, I'm a child of the Internet. I had been bopping around on Tumblr for a number of years. So I had seen <laughs> asexuality. Um, and so then my freshman year of college, I started like kind of looking up a little bit more about it. Um, and then, you know, by the end of by the end of freshman year of college, I had kind of come to terms that I was ace and arrow spec. I wasn't sure for sure that I was arrow yet, but I knew I was somewhere on that on that Timeline. Um, so for me, like I never tried to date anyone or tried to like do anything. And one thing that I think really (laughs) helped me realize that I that I was definitely a spec was um Kayla and I were in a a like a student org that did uh like that put on musicals and uh I had to kiss someone in the musical and I had never kissed someone before and I was very nervous. And, like, I had to kiss her. Like, I, it wasn't even, like, the, the kiss was happening. Like, I had to be the one to do it, and I was very freaked out. And then I did it, and I was like, this is it. Like, this is this what is kissing, kissing is. <laughs> like, the thing that people are, like, so... They talk about all the time. I'm like, that... Uh, it's just an action. It's like I was shaking her hand. Like, it's... <laughs> it it just... I was just like, okay, cool. That's not for me. So, <laughs>
0: That sounds like a wild experience.
2: <laughs> She's also the only person I've ever kissed. Like, <laughs> and she doesn't do you still, even know. Do you,
0: do you? Do you feel? I mean, I suppose. Did you feel agency at the time, like that you could have said, "I won't do this for this role," or did you just sort of go with it?
2: I just sort of went with it. <laughs> I think I. I was very nervous, but it wasn't in like a, a, a like super uncomfortable because of my identity sort of way it was just like I was nervous (laughs) um and so I I don't think I ever would have done anything to be like actually I don't want to do this um and also there's also a certain level of like you know as as much as I knew better and as much as I knew that like you know it doesn't matter when or if you have your first kiss. I was like, I'm 18 and I've never kissed someone. Like I don't want to tell people that. Like I don't want to, I don't I don't need them to know that information. And so I was just kind of like,
1: let's keep it on the down low. Let's I just... was like the only one that knew and I wasn't even in the rehearsal where you kissed me no. for the first time. <laughs> no. Like we she purposely was like we're not telling anyone and I was like okay like your kiss. I don't the, care what you do. The show like went
0: up like you then performed this show and kissed
1: her in front of everybody in front of everyone and it was fine (laughs) but the yeah like even then at the time i didn't even know she was questioning like freshman me was very preoccupied with like trying to survive in college but like it wasn't until like that summer sarah like Put up a post on Tumblr where it was like one of those posts on Tumblr. It was like, "Tell me about yourself. Answer these questions." And she put her sexuality as asexual. And I was like on Tumblr and saw that and just messaged her and said, "Oh," and she said, "Yep," and I said, "Okay." And that was the entire conversation. (laughs) That was how she came
2: out. I'm horrible at coming out. I'm I'm such a non-confrontational person. Like I. I you don't, should, like, I don't ever want to tell someone that I've come you out. You should like, tell I the just... class
1: how you came out um, for re- publicly for real. Fine. <laughs> <In> quote, unquote.
2: <laughs> I, it was the following year after Kayla had found out. I was studying abroad in Germany. Uh, and it was, it was June, so it was Pride Month. And it was, people were, like, putting those, like, Facebook Profile picture frames on their profile picture that said "Pride" and then "Pride" was written in like the flag of whatever they were, and I was like, "Should I just add this to my profile picture and see what happens?" And Kayla was like, "Sure,"
1: and I was very nervous, but I did it anyway. We talked about it for like maybe a week. Yeah, <laughs> I kept having to reassure her that it would be fine if she came out in the least like in confrontational, the, audacious yeah. way possible. Yeah. And then,
2: uh, so I did it, and my sister texted me, and she knew what it meant. She was like, okay, cool. And she was like, I don't think mom knows what this means. Do you want me to tell her? And I was like, (laughs) yeah. And so then my sister told my mom what it meant. She came out then my, And then my mom texted me. Again, I'm across the Atlantic from my entire family. (laughs) And then my mom texted me and was like, okay, cool. So that's how I came out. (laughs) Wow. I mean, you know, like
0: whatever works, you know, that's i I'm realizing. I don't know what the flag
1: is. It's, it's I don't know what order it goes in. It's white, it's bl- white, yeah. black, purple and gray. And the arrow. Oh, one yes,
2: is,
0: I know this one.
2: The, the arrow, the arrow one, one has like green, green, green,
0: white, gray, black, something like that. I don't even know this
1: one. It just dumped <laughs> me. How have you gotten beyond my flag knowledge? Humiliating. (laughs) The demisexual one is even harder. So what's that one? It has like a black triangle and then it's like white, gray, purple. So it's like the same colors, but a different look. Configuration. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do y'all, I'm just like, please forgive this if this is the most insanely offensive thing you've ever heard. But I'm just asking because you're because of the ages that you both are. Are you do are you in the workforce? Do you have jobs? <laughs> so yeah. sorry to say that. <laughs> are you yes. five years old? I <laughs> know. It's more so like, um, I'm imagining that you if you're twenty three, did you graduate last year? You did you graduate again? in the
1: pandemic? No, okay. No, no you graduated.
2: I was twenty two and I graduated. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, we were um,
1: we were 22 when we graduated, right?
2: I was 21, I'm a child. I was 22. Got
1: it. Yeah, okay. it was May 2019. So it's been like okay. a year yep. and a half. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Got it.
0: Um um but you do you do both. Yeah. work.
1: I I am, am employed. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, I am between mm-hmm. jobs right now. I'm actively applying, but I wonderful. plan to work. <laughs> when someone yeah, yeah, yeah. will allow me plan to work, yeah. I mean, some people, I guess. Um,
0: yeah. Well, so then uh, this is a this is a follow up question. And it. I, mean, I like talk to Angela about this, too. But it, it just seems like this would also be an extra sticky thing in like a workplace situation because of some of the stuff that we mentioned where it's like it's not like you can just put like a framed photo. I mean, I guess you could put a framed photo of yourself with, with a Facebook <laughs> background <laughs> <laughs> and put that on your desk. Um, but you know, is this something that comes up at at in that context Sarah and um like what is that like
2: yeah it's it's interesting, so both Kayla and I actually have the podcast on our resumes because they do relate in some ways to what we do, Kayla more so than hmm. me, but i so just to give you my life story i I'm an assistant at a management company in Hollywood. I want to go into t v writing and so like. The fact I've heard that of I it Hollywood, Hollywood <laughs> baby, um, and so like the fact that I have this is like somewhat relevant to, to what I want to do, and so it, of it's, course, yeah, it's it's on my resume, and so like in theory, the people who hired me could have looked it up. I don't know if they did, um, right? But like you know, it's it's out there. I know, like for me at work, like the other assistants know about my identity in part because we just like follow each other on social media. And, you know, it came up with uh, one of them because he was also queer. And so it just kind of, it came up. Um, I have no idea if, if other people at my office know. And frankly, I don't really care either way. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me, I guess if they find my podcast and want to listen to it and hear that side of me they're welcome to
0: <laughs> well yes and that i guess that also makes a little bit more sense to me because not to like fully generalize but that that seems like a different setup than like if you were a teacher of yeah. the youth or something like that you know it's a diff- it's a different thing because because you're your people f- that you work with finding out about um the work that you do outside of it's like. Yeah. Maybe seem, Maybe seems like the stakes. I, do, I don't see you getting fired for this. You know, right. like this is where like right. that might be a different situation. Yeah. A different... My,
2: like my sister's girlfriend is a teacher. And so it's it's harder for her because she, you know, is teaching third graders and she has to deal with their parents and like that sort of thing. Um, and that's something Word. I don't really encounter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's also, you know, I'm sure ace folks in many. This is something that I like encounter and think about a lot on the road is is the types of like the position that i have been able to put myself in in terms of like is my life perfect and does do i feel accepted at in every single situation that i'm in no but like i know that i'm having a pretty different experience than maybe some queer folks who might live um elsewhere and specifically who work other jobs because yeah my whole job is predicated on the fact that I'm gay. So it's like, it just is a very different setup. Like, I don't so much think, oh my God, how could you survive in rural America? Because I know people live everywhere. It's more so like, what happens if you're somebody's vet and you mm-hmm. are thinking about whether or not to come out to them because otherwise they're asking you constantly about your husband or whatever it is. And then, you know, so it's like those situations that I, I it makes me feel like, Help them! I don't know, if you yeah. know who I'm talking to.
1: Yeah, I feel like the one thing I dealt with at my previous job, and it was, like, my first job out of college. Yeah, tell it me. Was, yeah, there was a lot of young people and a lot of queer people at my company, actually, which was, like, nice coming from a very liberal college to still be surrounded by queer people. But my issue was trying to, like, flag myself as someone who was, like, queer adjacent or, like... Sure. I don't know if culturally queer is something that you can say, but, like... I... I, you know what? As the president of all of this, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Just that, like, I understand the memes. I understand the jokes. I understand. <laughs> just say that. I, yeah. Just walk in. I understand the memes. Listen, guys, I know the queer memes, okay? I get it. Um, a little hand-dusting? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was more of that of, like, I want these people to know that, like, I understand what they're going through, and I kind of want to join their little, like, queer club they've created at work. right. But, like, how do I, like, tell them, like, no, listen, I'm, like, kind of one of you. Like, (laughs) please let me in because I couldn't, like we said, like, show them that I have a girlfriend or something. Like, in fact, there was a picture of my boyfriend on my desk. That's pretty lame.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's, I I will identify that this is, like, an extreme um, privilege that I have is that, like, the queer community, when they, when queer people look at me. They aren't usually confused about whether or not I know the memes. And I know that you both mentioned (laughs) earlier that this is a thing for you. And I know this is true for, like, many people in the LGBTQIA community is that, like, when you're not somebody that everybody assumes knows the memes, it's like, that's a whole thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like I see that with bi women a lot who are like, how do I show that I'm... Into women, but not that I'm so into women that I'm only into women. It's like, I don't even know. how. Do, what do you wear? I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, also race and colorism really mm. factor into all
0: this. And I, and I would imagine, I mean, then adding anything where there, where there are multiple stacked identities yeah. that are marginalized or misunderstood. Um, you know, like, just for the perennial example... My girlfriend currently has a shaved head. She is uh, half Japanese, half Irish. That's a myth. I have that's a hairs on I have hairs on my head, and it turns out people generally think I do more of the yard work. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> she, you know, so nobody can tell what the fuck is ever going on with anybody um, who is like. Well, who doesn't look like me? I'm the okay. one. I'm the one who <laughs> are the like president. we know what's going on. Although not always straight people. So that's why I said We're really? yeah. world. I'm <laughs> so
1: you know, what straight, straight people, people some of them
2: are clueless. They're
1: just clueless. straight people.
0: It's just it's a complicated equation. Are they okay? That's my <laughs> I also I also <laughs> moved to like I live in the um I moved to I essentially live in like the suburbs. I moved to like the mountains, a little bit mm-hmm. outside of LA. And um I am constantly surred here because (laughs) nobody looks like me and that's, that's also fine, but it is also funny.
1: It's it's, the
0: the percentage of times I was surred when I lived in Echo Park in Los Angeles versus now it's, I would say it's a 3000% increase. Yeah. I can
2: imagine. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Uh, yeah. Anyway, it is, it's been really great to talk to you both. Um, I can't I can't figure out where's my little thing? Oh yeah, it's definitely time. Um It is time to go. Isn't that terrible news? <laughs> it's
1: it the is worst. It's terrible news. news. So it's getting very hot in the room I'm in. So
2: I feel hot too. Oh god, we are the same person. <laughs> my my room was cold ahead of this, so I was like, I'm gonna keep uh-huh. it cold. I know I'm
1: gonna get sweaty for some Podcasting reason. Podcasting <laughs> makes me sweaty sometimes. I don't know.
0: Understood. Yeah, man. Getting worked up. <laughs> trying to identify say identify yeah um all right well i'd like to ask you both before you go back into your days to um shout out a queero, which is a person place or thing that made you
2: feel that you can be who you are today ooh i knew this was coming and i just forgot to think about it <laughs> um, i'm you know i'm going to say i'm going to say my sister because she we were back to back grades in school uh we're we're quite close in age and she came out as gay when she was in high school um and although our our experiences are 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 rather different i think you know seeing her process and also seeing how the people around us reacted to her coming out experience and that sort of thing kind of paved the way for my own experience and like knowing like okay this is going to be okay i know that you know she's going to be supportive at the very least um and so yeah i'll say my sister
1: ah i'm gonna cheat i feel like this is cheating but i have to say sarah which I feel like that has to be cheating. But genuinely, like, if I hadn't been randomly placed with Sarah and she hadn't come out as Arrow Ace, like, there's no way I would have discovered my identity. Like, I just, it simply wouldn't have happened. So, Sarah's like, my little ace mother. You're my child. (laughs) I'm happy for you both, and I'm happy to meet you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. It's it's been lovely
2: talking to you.